Good morning, everybody. See, I really am here. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what's happening up in the sky above us for today, Friday, April 1st, April Fool's Day. How fun that it's a new moon, April Fool's Day, the beginning of a new month, the first new moon of the astrological new year. And we're looking at a month ahead that while it has some little bumps and grinds along the way, is really pretty much an awesome month, one that I think all of us should be excited about entering into, even if entering into this month might bring us some surprises. Uh, I'm going to say good morning. It seems like everybody's right up and on it this morning. Uh, so let's see, who was the first one I saw in here this morning? It was Tom. Good morning, Tom and Pam Zaruba. Happy April Fool's Day to you as well. And then uh, I saw Awesome Tanya. Good morning. And she said, big month, very big month, eek. It's not an eek. Well, it might be for some people. Good morning, everybody from Christine Buckingham. And Pam Zaruba says that's an April Fool's Tom. <laughs> He's up to Tom Foolery. That's our Tom, Tom Foolery. Good morning, Tammy Smith. Good morning, Nico Vasquez. Great to see you. Susie Gemini, hello to you. JLo, good morning to you. And I am really happy to be with you all today and uh, to be able to be with you this fine April morning where, I, you know, there's so much going on in my life at this moment in time. So many aha moments. So hold on, my foot got stuck over there. How did I do that? Um, so much going on in my own uh, awareness, in my own um continuing development. And this morning, I kind of want to share a part of that journey with you, something that uh, I had a light bulb moment go on while I was working through um, some soul alignment, a soul realignment work. And uh, then we'll talk about the moon. What can we expect for April? What are the biggest things to be aware of? Some human design for April, our astro design. Interesting, this morning I got an email from a friend in, uh, where is she? Germany. Oh, so I told her good morning. It was actually her good evening probably, but she's in Germany. And she had sent me a question about cosmic human design. And I went, well, here we go. Somebody's just slapped a label onto a system and brought it in. And essentially, it is the same as human design. And we've already talked about this kind of human design, although we didn't really call it cosmic human design. It's when we look at your human design from a sidereal uh, birth date rather than, well, it's the same birth date, but a sidereal chart rather than a Western or more traditional um, astrology chart. And it, it gives us some different information, right? Because when we're looking at a sidereal chart, we're looking at one that has precessed the planets into their proper placement. So, uh, for example, if you look up in the sky right now and you see that uh, uh, your sun is in the sign, let's say, of Taurus, and uh, we're not quite into Taurus, so let's use Aries. The sun is in Aries. But is it really, or is it still in the sign of Pisces, right? So um, we we have this change going on in our awareness that in astrology, the 
signs haven't kept up with the precession of the planets or the precession of the earth through the zodiac. So when we do a chart, then we're doing a chart based on a model of archetypal energies. Like we know what the archetype of Gemini or Aries or Leo is, right? But we didn't apply that. We haven't been applying that in the right part of the sky. So when we uh, notice things like a new sign on the ecliptic plane, like Ophiuchus, right? Dipping his foot into the ecliptic plane, meaning the sun is passing through that sign at least once a year for several days. Um, we, we, haven't, we haven't come forward in our systems yet to uh, accommodate that change. So there are systems that have, like Vedic astrology does this and um, apparently cosmic human design, uh, whatever the name of it is sort of taking that uh, idea of precessing the planets and putting them in the right places. And now when I originally introduced that to you years ago or a year ago, maybe now, who knows, time flies, right? I don't know when. We talked about it as, is it perhaps the um, the part of you that can evolve, right? Or the evolving part of you or the, the stretch of your uh, born self into a more evolved soul, right? So if you look at it that way, then it's still a map of who you are, but it holds the template of what you could be, right? Of what you're reaching for, of what maybe your soul's um, journey is taking you on in terms of the evolutionary spiral. Does that make sense to people? Let me know what you guys are thinking about this. So, um, grandchild born this morning for Alana. Congratulations. 7 AM. We have an April fool's baby. I love it. Uh, good morning, Debbie Tibbetts to Good to see you out there this morning. So congratulations to Alana and uh, to her daughter or son who had a, a child this morning. Love it. Love it. Uh, Lisa Kaplan, good morning to you as well. So anyway, one of the things that I really loved about using genetic matrix software for human design is that we can easily grab a chart that is the chart of your um, sidereal or evolved self. And I use that term, and I don't mean that as in we have a hierarchy of selves. We have um, we have a soul purpose for being here, right? We have a soul um, we have a soul purpose. Yeah. So often in my uh, sessions with people, and this has been a big theme lately uh, in my sessions with people, is that they want to know what their soul's purpose is you know, raise your hand out there if that's something that you have wanted to know, like, what is my soul's purpose? <clears throat> I've asked the question, right? I've asked the question even recently of myself as I, uh, you know, am just like you, a human being on a, a cosmic journey through the uh, cosmos. <laughs> and as I'm journeying through the cosmos on any given day, I might be going, well, what is my real purpose? Why am I really here? And luckily, I know why I'm here. I do know why I'm here. I have a cosmic purpose, if you will, of speaking, divine communication. Now, there are eight, eight 
uh, which is such a mag magic number, right? The, the connection, the infinity, the embodying of spirit into a human body. I love the number eight. There are eight primary um, soul purposes that we can see as we, you know, look through your human design, as we look through your astrology, I can uh, go into the Akashic records and I can pull back your soul purpose. And it generally falls into uh, eight different categories. And sometimes people have a secondary type of purpose. So uh, that, that life can be a little more, um, a little more difficult, I would say, maybe not more difficult, but more full of, of learning situations because you have a primary and a secondary, right? You're not just focusing on one thing. And focusing on one thing seems like it might be easier. Uh, it's more focused in the one area where somebody who has two, a primary and a secondary, are having to split their focus in some way. Uh, to be able to embody the journey or the purpose of that soul. And your soul purpose does not change throughout your life, right? That was something else I've always thought. People always ask if their soul purpose can change. It does not. Your soul purpose pretty much stays with you because that's the reason why you came to the planet. That's why you came to this incarnation. And if you have a, a dual soul purpose or a primary and a secondary, you may feel sometimes like your soul purpose has shifted, but it really isn't. It's just you're toggling between the two as you learn how to bring them into a synchronicity or into sync with one another. So I'm going to talk this morning a little bit about these different soul purposes, and I'm going to do that in general terms. I'm not going to say this is who you are, Debbie, or this is who you are, Sylvia, or whatever, right? That's not going to be the case. And I'm going to give you a couple of ideas about what those soul purposes might mean and, or what it might look like, and then... I'm going to leave it to you guys to see if you can't figure out who you are. And I know I'm totally off the rails. This is totally not exactly what I was going to talk about this morning. But when I was putting on my mascara, poking myself in the eye, I had this aha moment that uh, I wanted to share this with you this morning. Now, I'm going to, before I start sharing the different types, how do you know if you're living out your soul purpose, right? That's a good question, right? How do you know? Well, you know, because your life is abundant, you know, because you can set an intention for the next steps and you move powerfully toward it, right? We can tell because our life becomes our outer world, our outer life becomes the picture of what it is that our soul is uh, finding as its purpose. So, for example, you might have, and, and your purpose, by the way, isn't to be a carpenter or isn't to be an astrologer or to be a nurse or to be a writer, right? Those are not your purposes. Those are ways in which you fulfill your purpose, but they're not your purpose, right? I come here as a divine communicator. That is my sole purpose. I could be doing that in any number of ways. I could write, I could teach, I could sing, I could do what I do, broadcasting, um, I could, um, you know, write books, I could, you know, and it doesn't even matter what the subject is, right? The point is that that's what I'm here to do is to communicate my own authentic voice 
in whatever subject that is. Mine just happens to be astrology. Now we might find somewhere else in my charts, of course I do, and I know where that is, that you know, astrology happens to be the thing that I'm here to talk about or human design. Or is it more, not specific to those things, but I'm here to share the tools of self-enlightenment. I'm going to write that down because that just channeled in. Tools of self-enlightenment. I'm writing it down. Tools that is so, so amazing. Okay. Now, let me share (laughs) some of those soul purposes with you. First, soul purpose. And they're not in any kind of order, right? So I'm not telling you this is the best one because it's number one, nor is the eighth one the best one because it's number eight. Okay, it doesn't work that way. It isn't hierarchical. You got to think from spiritual point of view, from the soul's point of view, not the human point of view, right? So I know you have a human point of view, suspend it for a moment and move to this higher plane to think about the, the, the first purpose of divine compassion. So the purpose of divine compassion, this is the energy that we think of as compassion, of community, of nurture, and of nature. So we have uh, a very, in in human design terms, what we would have is the feminine, maybe channel 5027, uh, even just the gate 27. Uh, We might have some energy up in the identity center that comes from the gate 15 or the gate 10, self-love and love of humanity. Uh, So souls that have this are very compassionate, very tolerant and unconditional. And they're very concerned with family and with social and planetary causes and tribal energy through which we are all one in the world or at the physical level. So when we think about this, this soul purpose or this soul level, what we're really thinking about when I equate it to human design is tribal energy, right? Remember each of the circuitries in human design have a specific energy of love that they're about. And this is the love of family in the tribal circuitry, the love of community, the love of the tribe, right? Or the the family uh, that might be extended a bit. This particular path or this particular soul uh, is grounded in doing and helping at the most basic level. So making sure people's needs are met, feeding, clothing, housing, tending to the children, um, teaching them, uh, social work, maybe even nursing or hospice care or uh, any of those kinds of, of career paths where we're caring for one another. Uh, growing food, maybe our farmers, gardening, uh, environmentalists, right? This is a path that can take them into this area. Community is all important to this particular soul group or to this particular soul um, purpose. The great gift here is empathy, right? So that might mean someone that has an open, uh, an open emotional center, right? The most empathic people in human design are the ones that have the open um, uh, 
solar plexus, the one, if you're looking at it, it would be the one on the lower right side, the triangle that would face in. If it's brown, it's defined and you're broadcasting emotion. But if it's white, it's open and you're taking in emotional energy and, and enhancing it or amplifying it in some way and rebroadcasting it. So we, we look at that as someone who is empathizing with the um, emotional energy of people around them. And they can, you know, someone on this soul path can utilize this energy uh, to serve the community, to understand what are they feeling, right? What are they, what are they feeling? And they can thrive in their lives, in their, in their, in their families uh, by using this gift for community uh, in their careers, right? By, by really putting it out there into the world, by living it in the world. And of course, every soul type or every soul uh, purpose has, you know, the negative polarity, right? Because we live in a world of duality. We can't have one without the other, right? We can't have positive and not have negative. And we can't have all negative and not have positive. So we have to have both. So the negative uh, polarity or the negative end of this soul might be someone who is isolating themselves. So when they... This, by the way, isn't a soul path that's necessarily your extroverts, right? Don't don't con don't con confuse extroversion with this particular uh, divine compassion. It's not that at all. These people are just out in the community, but they can also be doing things from behind the scenes in communities, right? They might be the people that are supporting by you know drawing in resources that support the community. But the negative uh, part of this sole purpose might be someone who is isolating without a sense of community, right? They withdraw from community and they'll quickly lose their sense of self in that process. So we have a soul group that needs to be out and in the community. And because they have such a strong sense of community, that if for some reason they get cut off from that, if they're cutting themselves off from their sole purpose. All right. And of course, there are a whole lot more I can talk about with this. But uh, if you are someone who resonates with divine compassion as your sole purpose, say that in the chat for me so I can just see uh, what's going on there. Uh, good morning, Gayla. Good morning, Amanda J. And JLo, thank you for the reminder because I'm really bad at this, even though I'm a divine communicator. If you are enjoying the video, even in, please hit the thumbs up button. If you're in Facebook, hit the like, and please share this with your community. Subscribe if you're on YouTube and haven't yet done so. Uh, thank you for that reminder, JLo. You're really good for this. Let's look at soul level two or not soul level two. Dang it. I already did it. I blew it. Soul path two, right? We're not doing this hierarchically, right? We are not looking at this. This not one isn't better. And when we get to eight, eight wasn't better, right? They're all the same. They're just different. So the second one is divine manifestation. So this particular soul purpose teaches us the joy of being in the physical plane, living in the physical world. It's all about building and manifesting what is real, what is tangible, what I can touch, and what is lasting, what has sustainability, right? What is sustainable? This sounds like Saturn, doesn't it? Saturn, maybe the gate 60 in your human design or the channel 360 in your human design that creates a sustainable environment 
that builds from the bottom up, right? That understands the idea of what is lasting. And they teach us all the value of the physical experience, right? Their positive side of this uh, soul a journey embraces money, sexuality, and in the being in the physical body. So all the senses, right? Taste and touch and, and the smell of foods, the smell of the air, being out in nature, um, being really getting down into the physical, grounded in the physical, right? They may uh, look like or feel like they don't have, you know, much connection to spirit because their spirit is very fully in the body. They're the builders, right? They're the builders. These might be generators or manifesting generator types. They may have a lot of the masculine energy on the um uh, the right side, right, lower side of the chart, the between the channel 59 and six, right? This is a channel of sustainability, of building. They may be generator types. I said like that already, but generators are manifesting generators who have maybe the gate 60 defined on the root with the gate three on the sacral that are building something, right? They build, whether it's buildings, whether it's a brand, whether it's a product, whether it's a business, whether it's their bodybuilders, right? They build their bodies, they're building wealth, um, or they're just creating something that is going to withstand the test of time. So very Saturnian, right? So very Saturn. Um, they also teach us how to be embodied, how to live from the joy of your feet on the ground on this physical planet. And when they embrace money as a physically creative energy, they tend to be able to attract more and more of it to themselves. So sometimes they may be drawn to study money. So you, they might be uh, finance people. They might be tax people. Um, they might be um, the kind of people that uh, do investments and so forth. They're building wealth. So you might think of Wall Street guys or girls that are, you know, out there building portfolios and, and investing uh, everything they everything to do with building wealth could have this kind of divine manifestation as their sole purpose. Um, it doesn't guarantee abundance, by the way. If you come, if you think you're a two, a level two or a divine manifester, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're wealthy, but it does, because that happens to be whether you are living in the dysfunctional end of this life purpose, or are you living in uh, the enlightened part of this life purpose? This is a group of people that love new experiences too. They engage with the physical world. They explore. They want to do new things, even with their body. They may be the ones that get the new fashionable haircut, the tattoos, the piercings. They do the things, the, the fads with their bodies. Um, and they the ones that are experiencing themselves in new environments. They may like to go to new places just to see what it feels like to be in this place. Maybe they're climbing to the top of that mountain just so they can feel what it's like to be at the top of that mountain. Um, but whether it's bodybuilding or uh, life building or business building or leading people, they could lead people in adventures or architects, you know, that build actual buildings. They are here to create success and abundance by helping others to be in the body, right? To be and enjoy the physical experience. 
Now, when they're in the more negative polarity, what might it look like if they're not living out that polarity? And that might look like they are becoming disconnected from the experience of being in the body too much in their heads, right? So if you resonate as yourself being a divine manifester that is very much about the building and, and all of that being in the body, the dysfunction might look like, or the, the polarity, the negative polarity might look like you get too much into your head. So this is really um, key. It's about doing, right? All of these soul purposes, by the way, are about doing, right? What am I going to do to be in this purpose? Or who am I going to be in this purpose? All right. If you think that you are a love, uh, soul purpose too, put that in the chat so we can see that. Um, level three, or God, I keep saying level, That erase that word. That is not the word. Uh, soul level or soul, I did it again, soul purpose three, divine order, divine order. So this particular soul path is about balance and harmony, beauty, art, law and order, perfection and peace, right? That's the primary purpose of this particular life journey. They're experts in bringing in balance and harmony within themselves within them and other people and within their environment. Their gift is to blend the beauty of form and functionality, right? Um, but also to blend that with beauty, right? To bring in beauty and harmony. So immediately I think of people that might be um, decorators, interior designers, or feng shui, or makeup artists, or uh, stylists, or uh, people that you know, do uh, makeovers, right? You know, those, the, whether it's in the house or makeovers on uh, people, you know, the shows that are on TV, like the, uh, that where they make over a house, right? They take it and uh, I was, I've just been watching these, um, what is that guy? Gordon Ramsay things where he goes in and he makes over a restaurant. So divine order, right? Being bringing form and function into beauty and harmony, and they can be, people with this soul purpose can be highly creative and very artistic. Beauty nurtures them. So they are very often put together, right? They're the ones that go out and they're, they're all stylish. They're put together. They're organized. They have beautiful spaces that they work in. They can live a messy life. It doesn't mean that, the, that, that they they aren't dealing with the issues around trying to be organized, but it's not good for them, right? So it's not good. They, they, they need to be able to bring things into organization. And at first, as I was going through these, I thought maybe I was a three because like, I can't, I have to clean my kitchen before I can cook in my kitchen. I can't, I can't just look at it and go, oh, you know, it's already dirty. I'm just going to make it messier and then I'll clean it. I cannot do that. Just like I have to make my bed every morning, not just because I'm on air here, but because it's a part of my rhythm in the morning, like it's part of putting everything into perfection. Um, I'm not a, a level, I'm not a, a path three though. Um, they often have a great artistic eye for what will bring things out of um, uh, disarray into harmony. So that made me think in human design of the channel 28, uh, or not 28, 18 to 58, 
which we've just had the earth sitting at the gate 18, where it was about bringing things into perfection, right? There's this organizational ability to see what's out of alignment and how to bring it back into alignment. But what are we aligning with here? We're aligning with joy, with beauty, with peace, with an artisticness, right? Um, they have an innate sense of fairness, of justice, of law, of karma, the balance of choices and consequences of our choices. They like to create deliberately, right? I'm purposefully going to change the whole color of this room to whatever, and I'm going to accent it that way. Um, so because they have this eye for order, when things get out of alignment or when there's upheaval, like we have some couple of uh, next month during April, we have the sun sitting at the gate 51, the gate of shock. So we have some awakening, some upheaval potential in the next couple of weeks. And while that's the case, it might shock people that are in this particular life path. And what they are going to attempt to do is to be bringing these things back into harmony, right? But these people, besides that, besides the artistic sense, they also are really good trainers. They're really good trainers because they have a way of breaking complexity down to simplicity. So in your human design, this might be because you have the 4323 that connects the Ajna to the uh, throat center. Ajna to the throat center. <laughs> and uh, the throat, that in that particular channel right now, happens to be defined for everyone because of the North and the South node sitting there, right? The North node sitting at the 23, which is the transmission of simplicity, right? Bringing things back into simple terms, being able to break the big down into the little and more digestible parts. While the South node, the old self, right? The part that we have to let go of is the complexity part, right? We have to do a step-by-step -step system, breaking things down to their simplest parts, right? Because when it's simple, it's easy for everyone to get. Um, so this divine uh, order uh, group of souls has a real gift of being able to do that. And they're sometimes ironically drawn to public speaking. <clears throat> I have a daughter who is this soul path. She is scared to death of public speaking, but when we did Brian's celebration of life and then his friend Isaiah that passed this last uh, couple of weeks ago, we did his celebration of life, even though he passed in December, she wrote these beautiful speeches, eulogies, I guess you could call them, to, to say. She was terrified of public speaking, but they were so beautiful, right? So this energy has the ability, this soul path has the ability to bring out the, um, the order. They order their thoughts in a way that brings out the beauty of the words that they want to say. They can be terrified of that spotlight, and she is, trust me. But then they get a rush from doing it because they did it, right? They were able to say these beautiful things, right? They did that because they were well prepared, right? The speechwriter types, right? They're, they have that flair for organization and effic efficiency. They also make excellent event planners um, or organizers because they're always able to tap in and establish order in something. The negative polarity of this one is drama, 
drama, drama, drama, right? The energy of drama simply isn't a fit for them because it gets them out of the peaceful side, right? Remember, this was about not only order, but balance and harmony and peace and beauty and perfection, right? Peace, peace and beauty. Drama pulls you out of that. And they are well served in their lives when they can address or even eliminate the drama, right? Which means that in order to stay aligned, this soul group has to be able to let go of the relationships or the jobs or the projects that are creating drama in their lives. All right. If you think you're a three, put it in the, um, put it in the chat. Let us know. Uh, the soul path number four, and again, these are not hierarchical. This is not better than the three and the or, or worse than the eight when we get there. Uh, I have uh, come across a couple of these already, and this is uh, uh, divine love, divine love. This is the energy center of divine love, but also divine healing, right? So this is people... Uh, that have, they're experts at relationships with others, and maybe not in the beginning, right? They, they've they learned how to become a uh, relationship expert in some way. They're also natural healers. It's not something they do, right? They don't set out to be a healer, but their presence, their aura, their, um, the way they, the, just the energy signature that they're carrying, carrying, and, and it's just who they are to be uh, healers. Their healing gift literally is loving acceptance. This sounds very gate 25 to me. This sounds very gate 46, uh, gate 15 and gate 10. These are the gates of love in the identity center of the human design. Um, they hold a sacred space for others in which uh, the other people uh, can reclaim pieces of themselves, right? So they have a listening ear right? That they, people tell them everything, right? They like to tell them their life stories, but their greater value, the person who has this as their life, their soul path, their greater value is just being there, just being there, right? Holding space. Your presence is healing, right? Your presence is healing. This might even be someone that has an open spleen with the gate 25 defined, because the, the presence of your being is healing. You don't have to go out and say, I'm going to be a healer. I'm not going to be a Reiki artist. Um, I'm going to, I, I just am, right? I'm just a healer. Their presence, right? Um, they love being with people and uh, they innately, and when we are with them, when we are with the people that have the life path or soul path for, we innately trust them. We, we sense coming from that person that we can tell them our deepest secrets. <laughs> this almost too sounds kind of like the 1333, uh, only the 1333s more about stories. This can be more about uh, the, the need for healing, right? That's being shared here. Um, they can do the listening. And I think what people really sense from the, the people that have this are uh, their sense of non-judgment, right? That that I can tell you, you know, that I'm the worst human on the planet because I did this or because this is how I think. And I know you're not going to judge me, right? That's, that's their good listeners because they don't judge, right? They don't judge. They're incredibly giving people. 
These are very heart-centered people. They love to give, which can also ironically make them doormats for others, which then numerologically made me think of the Life Path 6, right? The Life Path 6 people who are all about balance and harmony, but one of the ways that they get used and abused is when people take advantage of that givingness, of that compassion, of that love. Uh, so that's a possibility here. They could be too generous in giving of themselves and their time. Uh, they have too fluid of boundaries, right? They have to learn to bring in boundaries, but they're natural healers. So you might be a natural healer, either formally, like I said, or informally, like your presence is healing, but also can be a formal healer. They bring us back to wholeness through loving us helping us to love those parts of us that we might have, you know, been pushing off to the sides. Uh, they tend to need close relationships and they love taking care of others and being taken care of. They like it to be reciprocal. This is the whole 1949 that connects the root center to the, um, the solar plexus, uh, the, the emotional center, um, because in that center is about our needs and how we nurture what we want, how we want to be loved, right? It's all about the interdependency and how we are in relationships. People need to be related to and also be the ones that are doing the relating. They find their greatest success, this group, uh, when they're both supporting others and also feeling supported by others, right? So it has to be that reciprocal. They're also the kind uh, I think of as the uh, profile four, ironically, um, where the profile four gets their opportunities by word of mouth, like friends of friends will say, hey, you know, I saw this opportunity and I thought of you. And some of the best relationships and some of their best opportunities come from friends and so forth. And that's the same with this soul path. Uh, they make excellent managers in the business world because they can truly make their teams feel valued, heard, recognized, and they can draw people together to work in that team, in that camaraderie. The negative uh, side of this, uh, because we always have the negative, right? Always have to have that as a balance. The negative polarity is the lack of support. So this soul group will have to eliminate or address, take, you know, issue with uh, any place in their life, any relationships in their life where it's not reciprocal, where they're not, um, where the support, where they're going it alone, or um, they do a lot and they don't get anything in return. Uh, because, because this type or this soul path is a relationship centric, it can mean that sometimes they get used and abused in relationships. So those kind of relationships got to go, right? And of course, there's a whole lot more I could talk about that. Um, if you think that you were a, a life path, soul path for, uh, put that. Uh, Michelle, I can tell you, you are not because I've already done your Akashic Records JLo. I can tell you if it's okay to share that you are a four. You are a four. Um, so, but you think whatever you want, you put down what you think you are five. Let's talk about the fifth soul path and that's divine communication. So the purpose of this soul path is to communicate 
to be self-expressive, to be authentic, to be authentic in communication. They're the realm. This is the realm of the teacher, uh, the writer, uh, the sharing of spoken words. You guys know this has to be me. What is my, I'm always fascinated by words, right? What do they mean? They are wordsmiths. They have a taste for words <laughs> and a substance for words. And they can become good writers, speakers, or both, right? They're innately inspired to move people through the written or spoken word, through language. Um, and they can be great debaters, right? They can, I know I can hold my own in a debate. I took a debate class one time and did really well in it, surprisingly, because I also thought I was afraid of public speaking and to get up and talk about what your opinions are uh, or, you know, what viewpoint you hold was very scary for me. Um, but obviously it's a path that I needed to take. They can excel at helping others change at the level of thought and mind by introducing new ways of seeing things, new ways of thinking about something, new ways of looking through at life through, um, you know, diff using different language. How many of you in sessions with me have I stopped you and said, let's reframe that, right? Let's reframe what you're saying because the words I'm hearing are taking you in the opposite direction of what it is that you're trying to do. Oops, I hear that almost automatically. I hear it in myself sometimes and I'm like, whoa, back up, gotta stop, say it a different way. Um, because the invitation of the divine communicator is to invite you to shift, shift your viewpoint, shift your words, i.e. shift your life by what you're thinking and what you're saying. And of course, there is sort of a translation from language into things like marketing, which I can't stand, sales, which I love, um, where excellent communication is key to success. Um, now, the imperative thing for someone with divine communication, and this is where I've seen in my own life where I've gotten off, is they have to use their own words. They have to be able to use their words to unlock abundance in their lives. So the more quiet I am, the less abundant I am. And I struggle with this because I also have a 12th house son that wants to be invisible, that wants to hide. So that is a conundrum, right? In human design, we call this a conundrum where there's this powerful purpose or or uh, in this case, a sole purpose of doing one thing with some energies that are um, counter to that, right? Where you have to be able to work through and unlock the inherent wisdom in that energy. I have to have an audience, right? I can't do what I do without an audience, whether it's an audience, let's say today we've got like 16 people listening live. I don't know how many that will tra translate into later. Um, but also then uh, an audience that's going to, to either read what I write or hear what I say. So if you're a divine communicator, uh, you're also holding that energy. They need to talk things through. If you are someone who needs to talk things through with someone, you are possibly a divine communicator. But talking things through means you need someone on the other side that is going to be a good listener a good listener, someone that's not going to, you need maybe the divine um, order or divine love person who can uh, sit there with you and, and hold your space so that you can talk. 
Um, they are teachers, but are frequently more comfortable as students. And uh, they can be avid life learners, right? Always curious about what something else is. And I've seen this in my life too, as this soul uh, needing uh, uh, voracious readers. What am I always sharing with you? Books, right? Books and uh, new ideas, new things, right? There's that, um, that this need I feel to share information with you. And if you are a divine communicator, you are also resonating with that. You can be prolific content creators and maybe full of ideas of what to write and what to teach and what to say and what to talk about. And it's vital. This is a vital part of your, if you're a divine communicator, because you are in the realm of authenticity, what you share has to come from your own voice. I it's very easy for a divine communicator to just learn something and regurgitate, right? Take something and regurgitate it. But that's not as successful as it is when you can use it in a way that is from your own experience or from your own, uh, with your own flair to it. The, the divine communicators have very strong opinions and perspectives and their abundance will actually come when they're upholding their unique point of view. Not, not being milk toast and being like everybody else, but upholding their own point of view and doing that publicly. How This is funny. This is actually what I wrote. They get on their soapboxes and are highly outspoken. How many times during this morning's show have I said, okay, I'm putting away my soapbox now, right? Because I've been on my soapbox. Um, their inner wisdom is frequently unfolding spontaneously. And that is attributed, I think, partly to the gate 12. Everybody has gate 12 in their human design. Gate 12 connects us to super consciousness, which to me is the uh, level of the Akashic records and can channel or bring in information. So when you are working with me or when I am working with all of you as a group, I know I've all, I've seen this all my life that things are coming in that I don't necessarily know or even remember that they've come up, right? That it's because it is being channeled in some way. And sometimes I've even stopped myself while I'm communicating going, wow, I don't know where that came from, right? It's just so, and I've had numerous clients tell me this at the same time. You don't know how profound that was. And I'm like, I don't know where it came from. It just came from somewhere. So they're natural channels. If you are a divine communicator, you might find yourself in that same area. But the negative polarity here is when communication falls on deaf ears. If I don't feel like you're listening, I won't talk. I do this all the time. If nobody is listening and engaging with them, this um, if they don't have an audience that's listening to them, they're not going to be able to live out their soul purpose, right? So they have to actually correct this in some way, find an audience or uh, change the relationships to being in ones that are supportive listeners. All right. Uh, if you resonate with divine communicator, put that down here. Uh, let's go to the realm of um, 
six, right? Six is the sole path or sole um, purpose of divine truth. So Michelle, you wanted to know where yours is? Here it is. This is the center of divine truth. And it's the truth of our divinity. Uh, it's a deeply personal and highly subjective truth that might differ from one individual to the next. And the thing I think about sometimes is the individual that's put in a family where the rest of the family all are kind of on one wavelength and you are like this outlier, like you just don't fit in, which to me also sounds a lot like individual circuitry in human design, right? The individual circuitry often feels like somebody just plopped them, boom, here on this planet and nobody gets them. And their challenge is to actually live their truth, right? To live in their truth. And this is a highly visual realm. These people are seers and they may also be highly intuitive and very clairvoyant. Um, they may also be drawn to visual arts and to photography in specific as a way to express truth, right? The camera eye sees more than what our eye sees and there's truth in that. Michelle, the reason I know I, I knew this had to be you before I actually tested it and found out it was you, um, because of the love you have for doing those art or those artistic photo shoots, right? I just love this. It's perfect because the truth is reflected back to you in those pictures. The truth of beauty, of harmony, of uh, your gifts. Um, they're spiritual warriors at heart, this group, the divine truthers. Um, they take a strong stand for truth and they bring it to the light where it's needed. So they're often able to just cut right through to something in when someone might be in the dark. They have a gift for seeing people and situations very clearly, right, as, as they truly are and not as they think they are. They have incredible powers of observation, right? They see what others miss. Like, you know, they're the ones that are going to be the ones you want to listen to in an accident investigation <laughs> because they're the ones that are going to see, they're going to have seen the whole thing. When they are, are congruent with their life path, in other words, when they're living out the highest of their life path, they are the tell it like it is kind of people. They might be outspoken, but they speak up to truth, right? When they see something amiss, they tell the truth that everyone else needs to hear. Sometimes it can be blunt. I'm not going to say that they shouldn't be blunt, but they find success when they help other people uncover their truth. And then um, that makes them natural consultants or natural advisors, guides, right? People, coaches, um, the, uh, the people that are the consultants for beauty or for finances or for, you, you can, you know, consult for anything, right? Um, they, others, people inherently trust them, right? Because they, they feel truth coming from them, right? They, that there's a natural uh, truth sayer in these people. Their natural consulting skills will serve them well in business, right? In the realm of sales. And ideally, they also manage by coaching and consulting their employees, right? Or whoever they are around. It might be a, a network grouping of people. It could be them being, um, uh, I was thinking about you, Michelle, as a, a preschool teacher and helping you know children to see their truth uh, because they're so willing to see it right? They're so willing to see it. 
Um, but also I thought of you in other things that you've done in your life uh, as a consultant, because these people can tell the truth in sales. People appreciate them for that, right? For being able to say, you know, no, I know that's the top of the line product and it's the most expensive and I should be selling you that, but that doesn't work for you because this is the one you want. This is what I hear you saying you need, right? They're okay to do that. They evoke trust in us uh, because we know that they won't lead us astray. They call out others on their BS as well, uh, but then helps others to see that person to see their truth. Like the sixth can tell when you're not living your truth, when you're not speaking your truth and they can help you to come back to your truth. Um, we might call this the BS meter, right? The bullshit meter. It's turned up very high for these people. It's dialed up to 10, right? They can really hear. It's almost like maybe even an auditory mismatch that they hear or that they sense. <clears throat> it might even be that they see it when it's out of sync, right? Um, with the, uh, if they're within a, a corporate hierarchy, if they're having to work within corporate USA or corporate America or corporate whatever, um, they're often the ones that are trusted advisors, right, to peers, but also to management, because they sort of have the pulse on what is happening and are willing to tell the truth of what's happening, right? They're the ones that could go to a boss and say, or if the boss asks them, especially if they have an open throat, tell me what's going on. What's why? Why is this team not coherent? And they would be very easily uh, able to put words to it for them. Uh, so their blunt communication style can get them into trouble, but so they need to learn to speak truth, but they need to be delivering it in a way that others can hear. So this reminds me of an open throat, like big time or the throat center in general, right? Because the throat center has to, it needs to be heard, valued, seen, recognized, respected for their input for their words for what they share for what they're doing and the best way to do that is when it's drawn out of you by an invitation so you, many of you've probably heard me say that um that by invitation which means you don't just go up to somebody and say hey you know that outfit you're wearing today sucks it makes you look fat and ugly um let me tell you what color you should be wearing right you don't do that even if you are um, a divine truther right? Because people aren't going to respect that. So you have to be able to wait until somebody's asking you for your insight. Or you could say to somebody, you know, I've worked in fashion for a long time, and I'd love to help you, um, you know, put your outfit together today, right? It doesn't have to be just about beauty or outfits. It could be about, you know, I can see, you know, something that maybe you haven't seen about how you run your business. And then boom, right? That person gets to hear this wonderful insight, this wonderful truth. Now, there is a negative polarity here as well. And that negative polarity is that their truth may be unwelcome. So if you surround yourself by people as a divine truther um, who are easily offended or who don't want to hear what you have to say, then you need then you're not going to live out your highest expression in this particular soul path. Um, you need to be able to be around people who value your, your perspective, right? Your truth, 
you're being able to speak truth to them. And if you don't address the situation in your life, um, you may become silent, right? We've heard of the strong silent type, but that's not good for a divine truther, right? Silence isn't what helps them. Uh, they have to be able to uh, feel safe to speak their truth um, in order for their gift of truth to shine. If not, then they become silent, right? They lock themselves away. Not a good plan. All right. Uh, let's go to a, the, if you feel like this is your truth, right? If you feel uh, like that happens to be the uh, life path, soul path that you're on, Michelle, I'm just checking yours because I know that, yes, you also have some of this next one. Um, you are one of the souls, Michelle Gay, that has a primary and a secondary soul path. So there's going to be some struggle inherent in you trying to live out the highest and best of your soul uh, because you've got two to contend with. Um, if, you, By the way, if you are a soul path six, go ahead and put that in the chat if you feel, if you resonate with that. Um, seven, the soul uh, purpose seven is about divine power. And divine power immediately speaks manifester to me or manifesting generator to me. This is where we access free will and choice through power, through power. It's about doing and being. <laughs> so as soon as I say this, I know everybody's going to be, I want to be this one. Doing and being whatever you want without limitation. Having freedom of choice is what is incredibly important to you. And a sense of freedom is their most important value. This is why I say manifestors, because manifestors lose their power when people try to control them, when life, you know, exerts control on them. Um, so when we're talking power here, this isn't power that we're grabbing from other people. This is the power of being able to use our free will and our freedom of choice in every situation. Now, by the way, let me just say this before I go on here. You are a soul that lives in multiple dimensions. You are not just focused here on earth. And as such, you have all of these soul paths and purposes inherent in you, right? You have it all. It's like in human design. When I say you all have all of your human design, you're not missing anything, right? You're not missing a thing. You have it all. But your primary focus or your primary soul journey or soul path is this one, right? Um, but it doesn't mean that you don't have the experiences or don't resonate a bit with some of these things that I'm talking about right now. So I don't want those of you who are divine communicators or divine order or divine love to think you don't have free will and choice. You do, right? You do. It's just not your life purpose or your soul's purpose, right? So there might not be as much struggle for you in exercising your free will or your choice where a soul path uh, or a soul purpose uh, seven divine power might struggle with this in some way. Um, this also is someone that might have a defined ego center, which only one eighth of the population has, right? That is the little triangle that just sits off right side to the right side of the um, uh, of the identity center, right? The, the, the middle center. 
Um, these are highly energetically sensitive people and they have an innate understanding of energy. They also could be very intuitive or psychic even. That brings me to people who have the gate 57 defined in their human design. Um, they, um, they're, they are tapped in or tuned into so much that sometimes they shut this down uh, in order to get some rest, right? Because there's so much noise around them uh, that they're picking up from the people um, from the, the energies that are all around them. So because they can feel so much of other people's energies, they may have at some point in their life, shut this down and they have to reopen it, reopen this pathway, because this might be gate 57. This might be projectors or reflectors as well. This might be people with an open spleen because you're feeling so much that it's hard for you uh, because you're sensitive enough to all the energies around you that you may have shut down some of those energies. They can manifest energetically and quickly and powerfully when they are in alignment. They can create results quickly, positive or negative, right? If you're focused on the positive, woo, it's coming. And if you're focused on the negative, woo, it's coming, right? Um, so when you're misaligned, you can be... Uh, you know, magnetizing and uh, bringing to you the things that are exactly opposite of what you really want. So you have to be very careful here. Um, things will not get better eventually. You cannot take that. You cannot adopt that attitude. You cannot say, oh, you know, someday when I'm feeling better or someday when I don't have this problem, things will get better. You are actually doers. You have to take steps to do something. You have to use the power of choice of free will to take action, right? You have to be able to take action. You are highly independent and strong-willed, right? If you, if divine power is your center, is your life purpose, soul purpose, you have to be using your will in ways that um, are, are powerfully self-guided, meaning you can't say, uh, I, I, I'm going to do that someday. You have to be, I want, and I do, right? I want what I want when I want it. And usually that's in the now, right? It sounds egoic and I know this, um, but that, that's really a misguided interpretation of spirituality, right? The, the part of us is here in the physical because in the physical, we can manifest. We have to learn how to manifest correctly, right? So it, it, this is just independence that is this soul's purpose. And often, if you're living out the negative polarity here, it is dependence. It looks like dependence. You're dependent on someone else. You're dependent on circumstances that you feel like are outside of your control. And these are not people that are necessarily team players because they're meant to be themselves, right? They're meant to live their life, their purpose. So they can be leaders and they can work with other people, but they have to be the guides. They have to be the ones in the front. They take action more easily than others as well. They understand that choice equals action, right? I'm making a choice that leads to an action that then creates a new experience and then brings me productivity, but they can get stuck 
and still be doing a lot, right? Because they've got their little fingers and everything. But are they really doing what it is that they want to do? Or are they just doing all these things to sort of ignore what they don't want to know, which is that I'm not living out my free will. They do embrace change easier than others. Uh, they love tools, right? They love tools and learning how to use those tools. This is so Asa. If she was out there, she would know this is her. Um, they love software. They love gadgets. They love apps because they feel like freedom, right? It feels like freedom to do something new. Money is also very important to this group. Money because it's the tool that often buys or leads to freedom. That's the reality of our 3D world that we live in, right? Um, so they do much better with multiple streams of income, right? Where if one thing dries up, then they're not stuck. Um, they need to have savings because that equals possibilities for them, right? Money equals possibilities and equals freedom of choice. So it gives them that feeling that I can do what I want to do. They're leaders in a way, but that happens because they start something and other people go, hmm, look what she's doing. I want to do that too. And people just naturally enjoin with them. So it's not that they set out to say, I'm going to be the leader. It's just that they start doing something and everybody looks at them and says, oh, I want that too. So they're modeling by example. This sounds like the role model, right? The role model person. Um, they are not risk averse. This sounds like fifth house in astrology. They're often more willing to fail than other types uh, because they realize that they're always empowered to correct the, pro the process they've done or to go on to something different, right? That's the beauty here. Um, when aligned with their divine power and self-expression, these people are always on the ball. They're always aligned with their power. But the negative polarity of this center looks like obligation that I've got myself tied up into everybody else's business and I'm not living out the highest and best of my own, right? I'm not living out my power. I'm living out someone else's power. So there's that one. Now, one more, and I know it's after nine, but we're going to live this out anyway. So the eighth sole purpose is divine wisdom. And a couple of you out there, for example, uh, Tammy, uh, Tammy Smith, this happens to be yours. This is the center that is connected to the inherent wisdom of the universe and the physical world. So how universal law and universal truth uh, applies to all beings on the planet and how truth is rather subjective. So wisdom is divine truth, where truth is more like subjective because it's based on how I see things. But the person who's living out the sole purpose eight is going to see wisdom, not just this is my truth or this is a truth. These can be thoughtful, deliberate, maybe introspective people, but they are excellent listeners, right? So the divine communicators need a divine wisdom person so that they have someone that's going to listen. Uh, they give amazingly succinct and beautiful advice to people that's rooted in common sense and rational thinking. They are common sense people. They don't see that they're particularly insightful. So they don't see themselves as these wisdom, you know, people, but they are, right? They're highly intelligent and their intelligence comes from common sense, which is uncommon, 
right? How many the un, common sense is so uncommon on this planet? It's ridiculous. But these people have common sense. And they know when people are trying to run a bypass on them or trying to fool them or uh, are not in alignment with reason or logic. Wisdom is concise, right? It is it is able to the ability, it's sort of akin to divine truth. I can see that sort of they can get right to the heart of something, but they're not going to have all the flowery, um, you know, this is my truth that I'm going to share with you. It's more, this is divine wisdom, right? This is more thoughtful. This is more um, coming from a place of uh, universal truth, right? D universal truth. They make great coaches and managers uh, <clears throat> of people because they kind of tap into what people's skills would work best where. And that reminds me of manifesting generators who are connected by the archetype of the manifesting generator, which is the 2034, that channel. And that because they have such a talent there of being that that type in that archetypal energy has such a gift of being able to see who best fits what place, right? They can just cut right in and say, that is not the best place for you, but I can see you over here. And they can do that. So they can use these skills in their in a career, in running a family, and running a business. Uh, they're drawn to what makes sense to them, right? If it doesn't make sense to them, it's not something that they're going to be uh, moved to uh, embrace. Um, they're often very reasonable people, and they're highly principled. They live by a higher truth, right? They embrace logic. They embrace common sense over emotionality. What's reasonable is what makes sense. Now, that is not to say that they're not emotional, right? Simplicity is their gift. And they're often, they excel at being able to reduce complexity, to make things more efficient, to make things more reasonable, to make things make more sense. Um, this, the negative polarity here is uh, irrationality. So they have to eliminate or address relationships or projects or things that are in their lives that are of an irrational nature, that where reason or logic or common sense isn't present or isn't valued or isn't used. Uh, they don't thrive in those kinds of environments, right? They thrive in a world or in an environment that makes sense, where their gift of common sense is able to be used to good purpose. And um, at some point, we'll go back through these and we'll talk about what does the dysfunction of each of these soul paths and purposes look like. So, well, that is the end of what I was going to share with you today. Even I'm going to have to totally rewrite this because it didn't turn out the way I thought. But that's okay, because next week, we can look more at what's going on in April. On uh, Wednesday, next week, I have uh, uh, Tam coming on with me to do the Astro Inklings for April. And then also next Wednesday, I will be on Angel Heart Radio talking about the eclipse uh, for this month and some of the other big news items. So you've got several opportunities to hear more about April. So I hope everybody enjoyed that. Eventually, I'm going to be offering soul alignment readings that will help get this right on track for all of you. So 
uh, be watching for that. I will let you know. And uh, Debbie, I don't know yet. I I, I think I think you're a combo too. Um, but that's just what I think. I don't know yet. Anyway, much love to all of you. Have a wonderful weekend, and I will see you Monday morning. Bye for now.